Thanks for checking out the Crossing College and Career podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages you and challenges you to walk confidently in your identity in Christ. Who's pumped for bounce back? Who's coming? Not the response I was looking for. Who's coming to bounce back? I need some clapping back here. All right. I'm excited. That's going to be the best one yet. I wasn't kidding. Are y'all excited to be at Unite? Nobody's excited to sit in this front row. That is awkward. So can we give it up, though, for our amazing, amazing worship team? They do the best job in the world. I couldn't be more humbled to have such an awesome team just set the atmosphere every single Unite. And I'm blessed to have them. But I did want to give a special shout-out to Aiden Prashard right here. Can you guys give him a round of applause? So I don't know if he knew that we were doing this, but he has been so faithful and such an awesome, awesome part of not just Unite, but all of student ministry, middle school, high school. He goes to main stage every other weekend, too. The guy serves all over the place. So I wanted to thank God for just his heart and for you guys to give it up for him one more time. He's going to UCF. So unfortunately, he's not going to be a bull, but we just, um, I just want to pray over him um, and the next transition that God has for his life. And also, we have a little gift for him, too, don't we? We got a little gift bag for you, so you can open that up later, man. But we just wanted to say thank you, and I want everyone, um, if you could just extend your hand. If you don't know what that is, it's just you coming into agreement with the blessing that we're going to um, pray over Aiden. So if you want to come up here, man, so I don't have to go to the back, get your stuff taken care of. Father, we thank you so much for Aiden. Um, we just surround him right now in agreement, God, for the next transition that you have in his life, God. We thank you for his servant heart and everything that he's poured out and um, that he's going to continue to pour out wherever you take him, God. So I pray for a smooth transition and for you to give him clarity and direction and about where he's headed, God. Whether that be major, where he's supposed to serve, a new church home, God, a family up in Orlando, God. We pray for just complete blessing and just multiplication in his life. I pray for you to expand his territory, God. He has such an amazing, amazing gift that you've placed inside of him. So I pray that you multiply that gift and as he continues to pour out to others as he always does, that you pour back into him tenfold fold, Father. So we thank you for the amazing, amazing things that you're going to do through Aiden. We thank you for his service here, God, and um, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you, dude. So was anybody here at the um, last Unite? Anybody come to last Unite? Y'all just don't want to be involved. I saw about 80% of y'all there. Last Unite was amazing. So it was our one year, if this is your first time here, um, it was our one year birthday party. So we have been doing this for 12 months now and God has been so gracious to this ministry and he's doing some amazing things. But we had a very powerful service and would everyone agree that the Holy Spirit kind of showed up that night? Who was here? Like so tangible and the presence of God was felt in here like I've never felt it before. And what we talked about was returning to your first love and how sometimes in life through, I think, repetition and just things getting too familiar, we can f forget about how it was in the beginning with God. And we could just do things, serve him, come to church, worship, read our Bible, whatever it may be, but we just do it out of duty. And I think God really showed up in some people's lives to remind them of how good he is and how fresh this relationship with him can be. And I also, at the end of the message, I didn't plan on coming up at the end, but I think God prepared that before. I don't think I know. 
prepared that beforehand, and um, I talked about us, you guys. Every, I don't care if it's your first time here, you're included. Every single person here, though, kind of being a catalyst and a spark to God, like flipping this city upside down. And for us to fall so in love with God and remember how amazing our relationship was that it's literally exuding from us and others are just attracted to it. Does anybody remember that? I really, really feel that God wants to do something special, but it comes down to us being vulnerable and sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying and us at the end of the day just being submissive to what he wants to do. And so one of the verses that we actually used then came from Revelation 2.5, and I want to start off by reading that again. And it kind of gave us a remedy for returning back to our first love with God. And so in Revelation 2.5, the remedy was, it says, the verse says, consider how far you've fallen, repent, and do the things you did at first. And I gave us three tips on how we could do that, and the verse literally tells us how to get back to our first love. Remember, repent, return. And then at the end of the verse, which we didn't really concentrate on, I want to read what it says. It says, if you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. And like I said, we didn't really concentrate on that too much, but I got to thinking about what it means to remove the lampstand. I'm talking about the lampstand itself. And so I want to introduce the title to tonight's message, and it's called Breaking Bowls. And I hope every single person in here is wondering what that means. And it's not a remedy. For those of y'all that have seen the show, it's I'm not going to teach you how to make heroin. I promise you, I'll probably get fired if I did. I may get fired for saying that. But I want you all to kind of be like, what is he talking about right now? And we're going to jump into exactly what that means. Um, before we do, though, let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for these people here. And I just pray you're covering over this message, God. I pray that your words be said and that anything that comes from me and my flesh, God, drops to the ground. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you penetrate every single person's heart here, God, and allow us to see with clear eyes, a clear heart, a clear mind, exactly what you're trying to say. I thank you for what you're going to do in your people, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Breaking bowls. Who here, let me ask you a question. Who here knows, has anybody heard of Jesus calling us the light of the world? Anybody here? Yeah, sound familiar? Does anybody know what light does? Anybody here? Y'all can talk. It what? Dispels darkness. That's a perfect answer. No one else gets the answer because that was the right one. It repels, dispels, that rhymed good for me. Darkness, though, that's exactly what light does. And when he says that we are the light of the world, God kind of spoke to me and showed me what a narrow mindset I have on that. When I hear light of the world, I say, okay, that's a cool scripture. But sometimes I take it as maybe I'm just going to be the light for myself, make myself feel better, maybe the light for my family, the light for Unite, the Crossing Church, maybe Tampa. But when you tell me I'm going to be the light of the world, I don't know how I can do that. It seems like kind of way too big a mantle to carry. Does anybody here relate to that? How kind of like a narrowed and um, just tunnel vision on like we can kind of get selfish sometimes. And like I said, God was talking to me about this. So I'm not calling you selfish. You probably are. 
But, and that's why he's having me say this. But we can think about ourselves sometimes, and it's so hard. The point I want to get across is that it's so hard to think of us just being a light for the entire world. And it's because there's so much darkness, like, everywhere. Anytime you turn on the news or read a news, do newspapers still exist? I don't know. If you read a newspaper, though, I'm sure there were just, it's all kind of negative. Would you agree? There's like, whatever is happening in the world, the unemployment rate is like out of control. No one has a job. No one has health care. Whatever it is, there's wars starting. There's, what else? Old Town Road, that there's a country and rap song that's like number one, like in the world for like a long time. If that's not a sign of the times, I don't know what is. Crazy, crazy stuff, though, going on in the world, and it all kind of seems negative. And when God tells me I'm the light of the world, I say, okay, that's cool, but practically, how would I even get there? And I think it comes from a mindset shift. And I want to be here to tell you that God told me, and he told you because it's in the Bible, so he speaks to you through that too, that we are all more than conquerors through Christ. And he can do immeasurably, immeasurably more through us than we think he can because of the power that he gives us, the power that lives inside of us. And so in Matthew, I want you guys, if you have a Bible app or a Bible or whatever it is, turn to Matthew 5. Um, we're going to read a couple verses here, um, 14, verses 14 through 16, about us being the light of the world and what that means. And so it says, you are the light of the world. You're a city built on a hill and cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl, hence the bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. So they put it on a lampstand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So I mentioned before, light repels darkness, right? This says we're the light of the world. So if we have light and we're supposed to repel darkness, why is it still dark? If you take a real, if I took a real light, for example, and this place was completely pitch black dark, and you turned on a light, the whole entire place would be light, right? There's no, like, darkness hiding in the corner of a room. It may be a little darker, but you can see pretty much everything. The only way for us to actually become that light is to not be placed under a bowl. The only way for... The light to shine is for it to be on the lampstand. And when I'm talking about a bowl, I'm talking about a mindset. That's what I want to relate the bowl to. It's a narrow mindset that I think we can put on top of the light that we carry that hinders us from becoming the light of the world. Does that make sense? Let me explain it another way because y'all are looking at me sideways. Has anybody here ever heard of Michelangelo? Michelangelo. So this guy was famous for what? Pictures, art, sculpting. Most famous for like the Sistine Chapel, like painting that thing. He did a couple of other things too. But I found out that Michelangelo was really into sculpting. I always thought he just did the Sistine Chapel. I didn't know much more to be honest. But he was much more into sculpting than he was actually painting. And a couple of the things that he, uh, the famous sculptures that he had, the famous one was David. Has anybody heard of that? We got a picture of David up here, I think. A little aggressive. A little aggressive. But 
that is like, everybody recognizes that, right? Everybody knows what that is? Yes? Can y'all nod? All right, good. So that's like his most well-known thing. And I didn't know this, but he didn't actually start that. So like in 1464, there was an artist that they tasked with sculpting David. So they gave this guy a huge slab of marble, and he started, and then he was like, screw this, I'm done. Like basically he quit, like right after and so the guy stopped working on it. Then 25 years later, there was another guy that they hired to finish this sculpture. That guy didn't even touch it. And he said, this slab of marble is basically such low quality that's impossible to sculpt something from it. No one can do it. I can't do it. And then 25 years later, with no one touching this broken down, crappy piece of marble, they see Michelangelo. And he's only 26 years old. And so he looks at it, and it only in two years, he turns that low-quality form of marble and stone into one of the most iconic pieces of art of all time. And I thought about it. I said, how did he do that? Was he more talented? Did he have a better teacher? Did he have better tools? What was it that made him make it work? And I think all those possibilities could be an option, but I truly believe it was a mindset that he had and a way of thinking about sculpting that made him successful. And he's quoted as saying this, every block of stone has a statue inside it, and it's the task of the sculptor to discover it. He says, I see angels in the marble, and I keep carving until I set them free. You see, Michelangelo wasn't carving stone, he was freeing angels. so bizarre. All these guys, they do the same exact thing. They're all sculptors. The only difference was Michelangelo had a completely different mindset as to what he was doing. The end product, if the other guys would have done it, probably may have looked similar to that. But Michelangelo was so successful because he said, I'm freeing angels. I'm not just sculpting. It's not about what you do. It's about how you do it. Does that make sense? And the main point I want to get across tonight is that our light shines through our good deeds, those works, when we take our mindset and we literally shift it to, I'm changing the world. You can have the same end result, but your attitude towards it is going to change how other people see it and how you see it too and the value that you place on it and the value that it really holds. And I want to tonight specify opportunities here at the Crossing Church, that we have to do good deeds and start serving right here, close to us. You don't have to go on a mission. These are great missions trips, you know, feeding the homeless, doing all this stuff. But there's also people who walk through these doors every day who need service too. And that's what I want to highlight tonight is us as a team here, raising up the next generation, coming behind us. To show them the light that we have and to instill in them the light they have so we can all change the world together. Amen? I believe here, and I see it all the time because I've worked with it before. I mean, we started, like I said, for those of you that haven't been here, we've only been doing this for a year. Before, when I came to the Crossing Church, I started hanging, helping with middle schoolers, high schoolers, and I still do. And everywhere else across the board. But there are high schoolers, middle schoolers, and elementary kids that come through these doors on the weekends every single weekend. And that's the only time they experience Jesus. 
That's it. There's kids that come here who are literally begging for attention. And if you look closely and you change your perspective and you see things through their lens, and you can see it in their face and their eyes. They're begging for attention and they're not getting it from anyone at home. Some people have great families, I get that, but a lot of the times they're not getting the things they need. And we have the opportunity to change that. I want to read you guys some statistics I found about teens that I thought were completely crazy. So it says in the next 24 hours, so in the next day in the United States, 1,400, 1,439 teens are going to attempt suicide in the next day. Which, by the way, suicide is the second leading cause of death for teens in, in the United States. 2,795 teenage girls are going to be pregnant. 15,000 teens are going to use drugs for the first time in the next day. 3,500 teens are going to run away, and two teens are going to be murdered, all in the next 24 hours. And this was from, I think, two years ago, so I don't know where it is now, probably pretty similar, just so you know. But in order to change things like these, I think we need to become the people that we needed when we were younger. Would you guys agree with that? We need to be the person that you needed in your life when you were that age. When you were, whatever it was, we'll go down to elementary. When you were in second grade and you, whatever it was, bro, we'll use my case for example. I like lost my two front teeth and then my, the other ones were growing in. They looked like someone shoved like chiclets in my teeth because my face was still small but my teeth were so big. I looked ridiculous. But kids made fun of me and that was awful. I thought it was the worst thing ever. But you could be... If you step up to serve kids in elementary, you could be that person. If you remember when you were elementary school or some monumental moment that happened in your life to where you're going through, and that happens at a young age too, depression or anxiety or kids are bullying you, you could be that little sense of light that literally says, hey, it's going to be okay, and that's it. Just someone being there for a kid, or if you're a middle schooler maybe, and you write in your journal about Sarah Sampson, not personal experience. A girl you're in love with. And then your buddies find your journal, read the journal in front of all your friends, and Sarah Sampson. Shout out to her if she's listening to this podcast one day. Who knows? But then you literally changed schools because of the kids that were bullying you. And I didn't go through this personally, but you read that suicide thing. I was depressed. I was, like, kind of sad. But there's so many kids that their brain could flip and they could be thinking about suicide from something like that. You don't know. But think about when you were in middle school and those transitional periods and what you did and how you felt and how sometimes you just needed somebody there just to talk to you. You don't even have to have the answers. Or in high school, maybe there's kids who are experiencing with drugs and partying alcohol, and maybe in the past couple of years God has shown you the light and you've completely changed your world, and you can show them the light to say, hey, this doesn't need to be that way anymore. I went through it. I'm changed. This is what God can do in your life. We're supposed to share the experiences that we go through with the next people online, saying, here you go, follow me. But I want you to think about those times, the tough times that you had in your life and what these kids go through and how you can be a source of light. 
by expanding your mindset and completely shifting it and taking off that narrowness and taking off breaking that bowl, so to speak, to be the light to the next generation. And I think a lot of the times, like, negativity and excuses at a time like this, so I basically kind of just made a call, like, hey, think about serving somebody. A spirit of you not being kind of qualified can arise. And I want to address that because anytime that you think you're not good enough, it's a complete lie. Or anytime you think, you know, maybe right now my relationship with God isn't strong enough, maybe I just don't have the time, I'm pretty busy, I'm going to wait for my schedule to open up, I'm going to wait for my family, for this, that, or the other. There could be a million excuses. If anybody here is not qualified to be doing something, it's me. You're looking at them. And if you're not looking at me right now, look up. It's me. I'm talking about me. For real. Like, I got saved. Like, I rededicated my life to the Lord three years ago. Maybe three years and, like, a couple months. Like, very recent. I am not, in my opinion, qualified to be up here. Half the time when you guys who have come and talked to me, you are saved longer than I have been. Like, you've been walking with the Lord way longer. You don't think I'm intimidated when you come to me and you ask me questions that I don't always have the answer to? But I'm not, here's the thing, here's the difference, and here's the mindset shift. I'm not waiting on a sign. I'm not waiting on God to drop a note from heaven saying, Stephen, it is your time to serve and step up and become the college and career pastor, and you're supposed to go do this, that, and the other. I'm not waiting for someone else to tell me it. I'm not waiting for it to be a convenient time. I'm not waiting for my schedule to open up. What I'm doing is making the decision to put my will, my emotions, and everything I think I want behind me and say, God called me to make disciples of the nations, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to answer the call, even though it's not convenient for me. It's not comfortable. I don't have the time. I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> just being transparent with you. But I feel like I should say that. It doesn't mean I don't love being up here talking to you guys, doing what I'm doing. But just to be real, I know where you're at when you say I don't want to do it. But there's so much blessing. When I talked before about God doing immeasurably more than we could ever imagine, you don't know it until you take the step. We want to see it before we believe it, but God's calling us to believe before we see, and then he's going to pour out. I promise you. His word does not return void. It never will. But it takes a humility and a submission on our part to believe it. I believe that, and I got to think about the disciples, they probably weren't ready when Jesus, the final call, was like, hey, go make disciples of nations. Like, they were pretty screwed up. Like, at the Last Supper, they were fighting and bickering about who was the best. Like, Peter denied Jesus three times. Like, they were all had their things. And I, I can nitpick every single one, and it, I think we can all find something wrong with them. They weren't prepared. But when God said, go make disciples of the nations, they answered the call and said, I don't know how we're going to do this, but we're just going to start praying. We're going to go to a room. We're going to gather together. We're going to do the few simple things he told us to do and just roll with that and see where we go. They weren't waiting for a blueprint on the end goal saying this is where we're going to be. They just started. They had a different mindset. And they were like a group of complete misfits. 
uneducated half of them, didn't know what they were doing, but the difference was their mindset. And then breaking the bowl and the narrow-mindedness and then saying, I'm going to believe that I'm the light of the world and I'm going to change the world. And they did that, 12 guys. Changed the face of the earth, humanity forever. Because of their mindset, they said, I'm the light of the world. Not just where I live right now, not just the people around me, but I'm going to influence the world. And that's exactly what they did. That's why I'm here. That's why you're here right now. That's why we believe what we believe. Because 12 guys had a shift of mindset. And just like Michelangelo said, I'm not sculpting something, I'm freeing angels. They said, I'm not just talking to somebody, and we'll bring it into context here for serving wherever. Like, you guys who came in, and there's a check-in team there. If you help somebody check in, like, don't say, I'm just checking someone in. Say, I may be the only source of God this person sees today. And I'm going to give them all of the light that I have right now so they can experience something different than they ever have before. You're still checking someone in. It's just your mindset and how the behavior and the, what you exude to them, that light you're pushing off. We'll go down to, like, taking trash out, which people do here. Shout out Angel and my whole team that does that. They're all amazing. They don't just do that. They run this place. Like, it's amazing what they do. But little stuff like that, you may not think it's a big deal. But what if your goal every time you took out trash was to have such a huge smile on your face that you said, man, I'm going to make someone ask me why I'm so happy about taking out the trash. And that way I get to talk to them about Jesus and say he's the reason why I'm so happy. You see, like, the mindset kind of change there. And you can apply that to literally anything in your life. And the difference between us doing it and the world doing it is we're going to have people asking us, why are they so enthusiastic about taking out trash? Why are they so enthusiastic about pouring into young kids? Why is almost their life goal to change someone else's life and to selflessly give their time, their emotions, their feelings, their finances maybe? Why are they doing that? And it's your chance to step up and say, because Jesus has done everything for me, and all I can do is pour back out what he's given me. And I don't, the last thing I want is for you guys, because I know a lot of you guys help serve faithfully. Some do, some don't, but I know, I don't want you to take this as me coming down on you, saying you, you're not doing enough. That's not what the purpose of this message is about at all. The purpose of this message is to explain to you and to myself, too, that God is calling us all to a higher capacity. He's calling us to the next level. So if you're serving now, maybe serve somewhere else or maybe do something more. If you're not serving at all, maybe just step up and go sign up to serve and help wherever you feel God is leading you. Whatever I'm doing now, God, for instance, I'm helping facilitate a Bible college class here for the Crossing Bible College. I didn't want to do that. I'm not, prepared. I'm not a teacher. I had no idea what I was doing. But I'm answering the call because I know it was given to me because God's given me the capacity already to do it. I don't have a lot of time in my schedule, but I'm answering the call because I know it's God's will for my life, and I know it's what he wants me to do, and it's not hurting me. It's taking my time, which is God's to begin with. So I'm not going to be selfish with it. And so I just want to prepare us to step into that next season of carrying a little bit more than we're carrying now. Because the word that I gave last night about us being the catalyst to God doing something so miraculous and special in this place starts with us and our mindset shifting to a selfless one that says, I'm here to serve you, God. Does that make sense?
And like I said before, it's going to come with your time. It's not easy. And we're going we're gonna to close with this, actually. It's, it's not going to be easy. Um, it's never going to be convenient. <laughs> All the stars aren't always going to align. And it's going to take, you should be looking at it as almost I can't handle it. So that way when you handle it, God gets the glory. Amen? A lot of the stuff we step into should feel like this is way too much. Like way too much. But it's at those times that when we get through to the other side, we can look at where God where he's brought us from and where he's brought us to and the impact and the influence we've had on these people's lives to say, wow, that was all God. There's literally nothing that I did except empty myself, submit to him, and say, God, this is you. and I'm doing this for your glory and your name and for your people. And so tonight, I want to give every single person here the opportunity to answer that call, wherever it may be, to step up to that next level and for us to raise the bar and raise the standard, to help influence those people coming right behind us, no matter where you're at in life, to say, hey, I'm here to lend a hand. And that's all it is, is you're lending a hand to them. And so... I want everyone to bow their heads if they can. I mean, you can, so just bow your heads. I don't know why I said if you can. And as we go into this last song of worship, I want you guys to ask God what it is he wants from you. Where it is that he sees you being used. What can you pour out and give to someone else? And I want you guys to just take 30 seconds to ask the Lord that. And I want to pray over you guys while you're doing that. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus right now for clarity and for attention and a pool coming from you, Holy Spirit, of how exactly each person in this room can be used. God, how we can step up to the next level of service with you. And I pray for every person here to be placed in the right place, God, not to feel a twisting of the arm, but a, I want to experience more of you, God, so I'm going to give you more of myself. I, that type of mentality, Lord. 
So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you impart that to every single person here. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can look up. So we're going to stand up really quick. You guys can stand. And I want to let you guys know that we have specifically designated tables in the back for every single person here to take that next step and say, you know what, I don't know what it means or how I'm going to do it or what the commitment is, but I want to know what I can do to help somebody else. And so specifically, there are three tables in the back. One, if you guys live or around the South Shore area, which is kind of like Ruskin area, and you want to serve and you want to help out, we have a table right back here to my right, your left. Plant City, we have an amazing campus opening up. They need help. Those kids need help. Every single one of them that are going to be walking through those doors. If you guys live in that area or you're around there, we have another table with Pastor Cole and some people to help out there. If you're at Tampa campus, this one right here, and you're interested in stepping up and making that call, become part of who you are to go serve and say, I want to help somebody else, there's another table back there. So as we worship, if you guys want to do it during worship, I don't care. But as we worship, I want you to pray to God again about what it is and where he can use you. And then go speak to one of these people, one of these pastors at these tables and say, I don't know what it means, but I want to sign up and help. I want to stop living for myself and experience more of God. And I'm doing the same thing. Just don't think I'm just like telling you to do something. Like I'm expanding my capacity too in areas because God wants more from us to give to other people. So at the end of the day, he can pour into us. So I want you guys to think about that. Go talk to somebody and we'll worship. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out the Crossing Church Message podcast with Pastor Greg Dumas. Once again, thank you so much for listening.